to is more being the integrator and so being across all the departments across all the different functions of the business requires you to kind of have you know knowledge and awareness and the ability to ask the right questions in each of these functions whether it's marketing whether it's product whether it's engineering and so I you know I feel like that's necessary to our roles mm. in many ways mm-hmm and not to mention in my, you know, in our case, with there's the podcast and there's the software. So it's like, that's where I kind of struggle a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I do. I totally agree that I think it benefits both of our businesses, respectively, the fact that you and I are able to do a lot of things really well. Mm. We might not be an expert at like any one of those things, but we do all of them very well and they help our businesses thrive. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hello, birthday girl. Oh, hi, Kate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy belated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was. I mean, by the time that this goes live, it'll be quite a bit past your birthday. However, you just celebrated this past weekend. I did. And I celebrated for like four days. So totally happy to revisit this whenever this goes out. <laughs> Maybe you could celebrate for another four days when this comes out. That would be the real deal right there. (laughs) I mean, I didn't. Good for you, though. I know. I didn't celebrate. Thank you. But I didn't celebrate for four days straight, just to be clear, (laughs) friends. Um, We kind of celebrated over the four days um, doing things like uh, we went to the theater one night. We had dinner here one night. We had a party with friends. And then on the Sunday, we went out for breakfast. So kind of, you know, peppered the four day weekend. Um, yeah, with a few fun activities. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm so glad that you had a great time. I wish I was there to do some of these celebrations with you. I was jealous and living vicariously through you. Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. I w- I'm always reminded, you know, on these occasions, how I do miss like my friends who are living elsewhere and how I wish I was celebrating birthdays with them, uh, their birthdays, not just mine, of course. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a bittersweetness there because yeah, yeah getting messages and thinking, oh, what, you know, because we have celebrated birthdays together when we were in the same city, you and I. Right. Um, yeah. And- yeah. And we had a we had a long weekend as well. So if anyone's wondering, wow, you took four days off. No, it was uh, <laughs> it was a Labor Day weekend here. Not that that kind of, you know, matters too much for us and it doesn't really impact our business being an online business. But um, kind of just felt like, a yeah, a, an extended weekend. An so. extended. Yeah. What about you? What did you get up to? Um, this weekend was very nice in the respect that I didn't get into anything. (laughs) 
I celebrated your birthday from afar. <laughs> How about that? I'll take it. Um, oh, no, you. honestly, you know, John and I have just come off the heels of like so many weekends and travels and things going on that it feels quite nice to just kind of not really have any plans. I love that. Did a little pool time, went on some long runs, got some work done. Very relaxing. Oh, that sounds yeah. great. Well, today's topic doesn't have to do with birthdays or R&R. It's a little bit different. And I'm excited for our chat today, though. We're going to be talking about being a specialist or an expert versus a jack of all trades. And I think that's such a great combo because it brings up so many different like memories and thoughts and feelings. And I'm excited to dig into all of those. So we're going to be talking about whether one is better than the other, being a specialist or a jack of all trades, um, what being a specialist actually means, it's up for debate, sure, and maybe some pressures we felt around being great at one thing versus just okay at a lot of other things. I definitely think that there's something there too. Yeah, I I have I had quite a, an emotionally strong response to this topic because maybe I should back up and share like how this topic came up for me. Yeah. I listened to this interview on a podcast a while back and the person being interviewed said something that yeah, really stuck with me and kind of created this emotional reaction that left me hmm, thinking about this topic. And I'm like, oh, okay, I want to talk about this with Kate because um, I couldn't let it go for a few days after. So the podcast episode was about creating a powerful bio. So a bio that you'd use you know, for oh, pi- uh-huh. pitching yourself to be a guest on podcasts or maybe a speaking gig, or I suppose um, even if you're pitching to work with a client. And um, the host went on to say something like, he was talking about the guests on his podcast and he was saying, you know, he doesn't like it when people pitch themselves as generalists. Um, He prefers specialists. And they were kind of both on the same page. Mm. And they were really like had this very strong opinion about like, it's just so much better to be a specialist, um, having, you know, relentless focus on one thing, being known for that, being that go-to person is a lot better than being a generalist. So I kind of, yeah, that kind of sat with me and I was like, hmm, how do I really feel about this? What were kind of some of your like initial thoughts when you were listening to that? Were you immediate, like, did you have an immediate reaction? Like, no, that is like, you shouldn't have to be a specialist and being a generalist is fine. Or like, what were kind of some things that came up for you? Yeah, because for me, I thought, well, I get that being a specialist has its place, right? I mean, we can think about all industries, doctors, you know, medicine. Um, there's countless industries where we need specialists, right? But then I guess, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you're kind of putting yourself in that situation going, well, what does that make me? Am I a specialist? Am I a generalist? What, you know, where do I sit? Mm. And I thought, well, I also value learning and I value c- Um, because I value learning, I thought, well, where does that make space for like being this hyper specialist? Where does that leave space for um, a discovering like potentially other things that you could be good at or potential skills that you might have, or just even having that varied knowledge and and varied skill set that I think is, I think is valuable too. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. Like you said, 
you know, I think that there is a place for each of these things. And I think that, you know, it could constantly be debated in different areas of your Mm -hmm. life of like, which is maybe in some circumstances or scenarios, one might be considered a little bit favorable to the other. And, And you and I had talked about like for today, just to focus our conversation that we would focus as it relates to business, Mm -hmm. because I think that there is a lot to be said of in a situation where you're pitching yourself for like, say, a speech on stage, you want to be a speaker at an event or something, then I I do think that it is very helpful and puts you uh, maybe ahead of some other applicants Mm -hmm. or people who are pitching themselves. If you are able to say, look, I am an expert on this topic and this is exactly Mm -hmm. what I can deliver. I can see the value in that. Um, but yeah, also when you talk about like, okay, but where, where does having varied experiences and being able to say like, okay, I might not be an expert at, as a random example, like this certain piece of software, but like, I know my way around Mm -hmm. it. I can, I can do things Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. And I think about it a lot too, I guess, from the perspective of hiring, you know, Mm -hmm. when I am thinking about hiring someone for my team and I want somebody who's great at customer service, it's not going to be very attractive to me if someone's like, well, yeah, I've done a little bit of customer service, but look at all these other things I can do. Like, I want you to be great at customer service, you know? Yes, that's a good point. Right. So that's a good example. Hiring someone, you need them to have a certain skill set. And especially when you're hiring for your own team, you want them to be really great, as you said, in that skill. Mm. Then I also think about just the way maybe a business might evolve or the fluidity of certain roles, depending on the size of the team, depending on the size of the business, the resources where you expect people to kind of stretch themselves or extend themselves. And sometimes that's something that is really valued from the teammate, the employee, the contractor's perspective, because sometimes they're looking for those opportunities to stretch themselves and extend themselves into something else. So you kind of want them to also have this, ability or flexibility to adopt new skill sets or knowledge. Yeah. I I think that's relevant. Okay. So you, you just have to be all the things (laughs) done. (laughs) Okay. We can, we can end this episode right here. (laughs) No, but I, that does make total sense. You want, and you know, I guess I've always uh, like, if I think back to even when I was growing up, there were, I can almost pinpoint certain times in my life where I could see myself taking a path where I would have become hyper-focused on a single thing Mm -hmm. and perhaps have become incredibly great at that thing. Mm -hmm. And for any number of reasons, like I never really took it to that next level. And I maybe it was because I valued being able to do different things. And I valued having a little variety. And I valued, like you said, being a learner mm-hmm. and, and wanting to explore other things. Mm. So I guess when, when I think of it like that, it's like maybe it's not so black and white, right? Like maybe you can experience certain things and feel that you want to go to the next level with those things. But that doesn't mean that you can't still, you know, dabble, I guess, is like a word I think you you used a couple of times when we were chatting about this. Um, Just because you want to dive deep in a certain area of business or you want to dive deep on learning a new skill, 
I don't think that that means that you can't also learn other things at the same time. Mm, yeah, and it is it is dependent on the person, isn't it, and what they value? Because I think what is praised, I suppose, you know, in the online space, I'm thinking about, you know, business examples, uh, people that do stand out as the go-to person, as the expert, like that has a, that has tremendous value, right? Like, oh, wow, that -hmm. person is known for being exceptional at that. And, and, and when you peel back the curtain and you understand how many hours of time and and dedication to, you know, investing in that skill, you realize, oh, it takes a long time to be, you know, a master at something or to gain that kind of mastery. But if you are the type of person, again, going back to the, our values that you do value learning, it is, it is like it, you almost feel like, I mean, I felt like I was at a little bit of a disadvantage for when I was listening to that podcast episode, because I'm like, Hmm, but I really like being able to explore different things. And, and I, and and, and the experiences I've had in my life, I feel because I've been willing to put myself, you know, in a different field, in a different industry, like going from teaching to film, to entrepreneurship, to, you know, to software, podcasting, I feel that's enriched my life. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, whether there's a disadvantage to not being spending, you know, that hyper-focused years and years of hours and time and, you know, all of that in one of those areas, I guess we'll wait and see. But I think I'll have a few chapters to write at the end of my life. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like a what if, right? Like you could always ask yourself, well, what if? And I don't know, sometimes I wonder of like that expertise that if you ever came across something that you were so passionate about and that you loved Mm -hmm. so much that maybe that's what would lead you there Mm -hmm. and and you would not even question whether or not you were gonna spend 10,000 hours becoming the expert right yeah and I also think that when we talk about learning I do think that if you were to find that thing you can always continue learning more about that thing. You Mm -hmm. always will, right? You'll become better at it. You'll learn new ways of doing it. You'll learn from people who came before you. So I think in either scenario, it's a constant learning experience. It's just learning, like stacking Mm -hmm. learning on top of the the previous (laughs) learning for one thing or learning a bunch of different different things. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what was some of the things that you, in your past, that, you know, you could have gone down the path of mastery? I feel like in sports, mm. that if I would have taken any one sport that I played and really gone all in on it, that I could have been a... I, I consider myself a great athlete. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I would have dedicated myself to a single mm-hmm. sport, that I could have gone as far as I wanted to with that. Mm-hmm. Um, softball in particular is a sport that I started very young and I played, um, for many, many years. I think I I could have been really great at that. Another thing is instruments. And I I played the trumpet when I was younger and I was, I was really good. Like I was the, I was the best instrumentalist at the school that I went. This was an elementary school, albeit. So, you know, I wasn't like in high school or college or anything. Um, So in elementary school, 
I was a trumpet player. I made it to, I played at our symphony hall in the symphony. I was the youngest person in the symphony. What? I don't think I knew this about you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there, I mean, like, that's something too that I think about. I'm like, what would have happened if I would have kept that doing that, you know? And and again, it's it's one of those like what if mm. things. What if I would have kept playing softball and not been doing softball and volleyball and basketball? Or, but you know, what if I would have kept playing trumpet? You know, who knows? So, do you have things like that? Can you think of things from your like childhood or growing up or or even more recent things that you feel like maybe you considered? what it would look like if you Mm. really went all in on that thing yeah when you it's funny when you say instruments because I did have a very short uh time of learning of having guitar lessons when I was probably about 12 12 Mm. or 13 and I really love the guitar it's one of my favorite instruments um and yeah I can't remember really why I left and stopped having those lessons but I do think like imagine if I had just been consistent with that and just put in the hours I, I would have the ability to yeah. play an instrument. So I, I often, yeah, think about that. I do think about, too, I spend a lot of hours studying languages, you know, Italian, French, Spanish. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, that was because that was those were the subjects I studied at uni. Then I went on to teach those languages. But, again, when I left teaching, uh, when I, I don't really have any use for a couple of those languages. So I stopped, you know investing time and it's kind of like with languages they're kind of still there in the in the background but again I could have been fluent had I kept going um so I do think about those we've talked about my days in flamenco and the years I put into you know dancing as a as a Mm -hmm. hobby something on the side but again um that could have turned into something more fully fledged had I continued to invest so I I yeah, I mean, I think it's quite interesting, this this topic. Um, I know we wanted to keep it focused a little bit more on the business side of things um, because I do think about that now, um, especially, you know, with our businesses. Uh, do you feel like you ha- you're a specialist in one area of your business? Yeah, so I, I love the examples that you gave. I think that the examples that we bring up from like growing up and instruments and sports and stuff and dancing that, you know, those are very relatable. It's very easy to see a thread of like, oh, okay. Uh, and like when I look back at all of that, and even it, as I talk about like business and whether I feel I'm a specialist or more of a jack of all trades in business. You know, I appreciate all those experiences that I had. And I think of the flip side of what it would have meant for me to become an expert in one of those areas. And even now in my business, I ask myself that question Mm. a lot. Like, what does that mean? Mm. I'm very much, you know, looking for the answers (laughs) to all the things and making sure that everything lines up and fits in its place. (laughs) And, And I think that that's a really interesting thing to consider is... Not just what does it mean, like literally to be a specialist, but like what are the implications or Mm. the uh, the outcomes Mm. of that? And when I was in corporate, I always held these positions that were very fluid, Mm. like Mm. you said. You know, I was kind of expected to be. I was like an office manager Mm. or an administrative person in a lot of the positions that I held. 
And what's valued in those positions is that you can kind of help around with mm-hmm. anything and everything. Yeah. And so I was definitely like a jack of all trades in in that respect. And then when I came into entrepreneurship, and I started thinking about the value and and to your point, how you said like you know I think there's a lot of pros to standing out as the person who does X. Mm. Um, it's sort of like, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, we talk about niching down and how critical that is for uh, finding your space, for having people recognize you, that people know that they turn to you for this thing. Um, and so I do think that there is value in that. And I do think that as I've come into entrepreneurship, that that is kind of more where I've kind of more where I lean. I hesitate because I still feel like a lot of what I do in our business requires me to be a jack of all trades. Maybe. I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) Well, that is, you bring up a really interesting side of, okay, it is maybe industry dependent. It's like maybe the, the career, what work you do that might impact this. But I think you identify as the integrator role, right? In, in, in the business. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I resonate with that too, in many ways, because, you know, Omar's the CEO. So he's technically the visionary, um, even though we kind of co-run the business in in some ways and we have input, but you know, where I kind of default to is more being the integrator. And so being across all the departments, across all the different functions of the business requires you to kind of have, you know, knowledge and awareness and the ability to ask the right questions in each of these functions, whether it's marketing, whether it's product, whether it's engineering. And so I, you know, I feel like that's necessary to our roles Mm. in many ways. Mm Mm-hmm. And not to mention in my, you know, in our case with there's the podcast and there's the software. So it's like, that's where I kind of struggle a little bit. Yeah, well, I I do. I totally agree that I think it benefits both of our businesses, respectively, the fact that you and I are able to do a lot of things really well. Mm. We might not be an expert at like any one of those things, but we do all of them very well and they help our businesses Mm. thrive. And, you know, I kind of start to think about like, what would that look like if you had to hire an entire team and that team, each of those people on that team was a specialist in one of the areas that I deal in in our business? Mm -hmm. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm like six different employees. (laughs) (laughs) You should too. Yeah. And, and I feel like and I feel like you are that you know, you have so many integral necessary roles that you play in the business that if you guys had to hire for each one of those, you'd also be hiring like six separate people. Oh, I, I mean, I try. Thank you. I don't know. This is, comes back to like <laughs> taking a compliment. This <laughs> is like, no, 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 I, I don't do any of it. Well, this is where... Yeah, and this is where like I can see the value with someone that self-identifies or people from the outside see you as a specialist in one area. It, it's almost like you've achieved something that, you know, very few can <laughs> kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. um, so there's a little bit of, of I don't know, envy is not the right word, but. Um, mm. I, I also think, though, that from the inside, when you're like self-evaluating, I think it's easy to say like, oh yeah, well, I'm not a specialist. Like I'm a jack of all trades, but 
I believe people in our space anyway, who know about John and I and who know our business, they look at me as a systems person. I've kind of like carved out that space for myself and I've worked hard to carve that space out for myself. When I pitch myself for talks, when I'm guests on other people's podcasts, when people ask me what I do in our business, generally I'm leading with the fact that I'm a systems person. Mm -hmm. Like that's my kind of zone of genius, if you will. But that doesn't also mean to our previous point that I'm not good at like content and managing our team and all these other things. I don't think that I'm as good at them as I am at systems. And I would argue that if you were to go out and just ask someone in your audience, like, is Nicole a specialist? Like, when I think of you, I think of the immense knowledge and the, and I do consider you a specialist in the area of running a SaaS business, a company mm. that is a software as a service. Mm. Because I would not know the first thing about the back end and the inner workings and everything that you do on a day-to-day basis to make that business work. And knowing you and knowing your business, like I view you as a specialist in that area. Mm. And in addition, you are very good at a lot of other things. And I think that if you were to ask other people in your audience, if you were just to survey other people who know you, that they would look to you as a specialist in an area. Mm. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> it's more just the way, yeah, you think about yourself and your own awareness of your own skills and what you can do and where you feel like. I always feel like there's just so much more I have to learn in all these areas. So that's probably where I feel mm. like, uh, you know, I'm lacking as a quote unquote specialist. No, no, but that exercise could be helpful. I think if someone is struggling, like to think about like, hmm, what do you think I'm good at? Like that exercise is, is helpful. Yeah. To ask a friend or a colleague or an accountability partner, or maybe you're in a mastermind with other people. If you were to ask people like, what do you think I'm best mm-hmm. at? Or what, when you think of me and my skills, like what would you come to me and ask me to help with? Yeah, I think that's a really valuable exercise. I think it could help uncover a lot. And it could, I mean, for me, it's it's really helped me because I did that. Mm-hmm. I literally went to other people in my mastermind and I said, I'm struggling. I feel like I am flailing in business and I just do like a million different yeah. things. Like, what do you think I'm best at? And every single one of them said systems. And that really mm-hmm. is like how I started pitching myself as someone who could talk about systems as, you know, I started centering my content around that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so yeah, that's great that you brought that up because it's, I, I think it's a great process to go through. Um, do you think that you can do both? Can you be a specialist and a jack of all trades? I think you can do mm. <laughs> we, 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 we can't. I've done this so many times. I think you can, and, and then I stop mid sentence because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a second. Am I sure of what I'm about to say? I feel <laughs> it almost seems contradictory, right? Yes, you can be a specialist and a jack of all trades. Um, it's one thing that I'm thinking about like, can, is it possible? And then I kind of think about our current state of the world and and business and how fast thing how fast things move and I think about the the need I suppose in our day compared to say maybe our parents um, day and age where you know the ability to pick up more skills to to pivot to extend your skill set is more and more 
essential. But that's not, you know, having said that, we need specialists. I think about all the cases where it is absolutely, I mean, I think about even just, I don't know, a very simple example, if you're hiring a coach or a personal trainer, you kind of want someone, I suppose, in my case too, you want someone who's had the experience or has specialized in training someone like me in my current situation. Like, right. So Mm -hmm. when I think of that, I think about, you know, the tremendous importance of specializing and having hyper-focus because you can serve other people, you know, to a higher, in in a better way. Yeah, I don't want my heart surgeon to be kind of good at like a lot of different types of surgeries. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think that when you look at it that way, it, it, you see it from a different light Mm. and from a different perspective, right? If I'm looking for someone to help me with a specific pain point, I want to find someone who is an expert in helping me solve Mm -hmm. that pain point. Yeah. I suppose sometimes I think about those very obscure uh, PhD people who've studied a very, very niche topic. Mm. Have you ever met an entomologist? Do you, oh, some, no, I don't think somebody so. Somebody who studies bugs and insects. Oh, wow. No, I have I not. know. The first time I... I, I, I when it's incredible. The, I know, right? When they introduced themselves, I'm like, an entomologist, what's that? And they explained what they did. And I was like, well, that's very niche (laughs) and they had multiple PhDs and then I thought and then they explained oh they talked about um, a situation where they had to develop a a chemical like a spray to um, spray an airplane that had landed in Sydney um, to kill certain bugs but it had to have a composition that it didn't destroy other Oh. Bugs, and, uh, you know, to protect the, you know, the, the fauna and the flora of Australia. So I'm like, okay, you need to really know your stuff in that case. Like you need to be very, very specialized. And we need people like you so that certain bugs die and other bugs don't. Yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely value to that. But it's, I suppose it's like, how do you want to live? Like what, how, like I feel a life can be quite rich and enriched if you, you know, try to you know expose yourself to different different things right yeah and so I see the value in that but I I think it's a personal choice as well yeah definitely definitely I don't know I'd like to think that there's a world where you can do both I'm with you I think yeah (laughs) I don't know Mm. I don't know if you can but it would but that's it I would like to think that if you want to specialize and become an expert in something you totally can and you can also dabble in experience mm. and yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, <laughs> but <laughs> well, Nicole, I really love diving into this topic and kind of expo- <laughs> Gus loved it too, <laughs> kind of exploring uh, this idea from different angles and different perspectives and from our younger selves and our current selves and Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love this topic. I don't know. Um, I think uh, I think both of us are like, you know, we love learning. So I feel like this is something that, you know, is, yeah, dear to our hearts. Yeah, definitely. Well, friends, as we close out today's chat on being a specialist versus a jack of all trades, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you could carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. 
And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.